Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast. This is your Father Martin, your host, and Steve Bucklin, your co-host. Greetings and salutations. Greetings and salutations from the Great Tower of the Chancery. That's right, from the White Tower. <laughs> well, folks, Father is not feeling so well today, so the whole burden of leading the conversation falls on Steve. Who he's passed his illness to, I'm sure. I can feel it creeping in and my getting weaker by the second, but I will somehow prevail. In my OH, I am falling apart. But yeah. Because when you hit 27, man, that's when the wheels really start to fall off. (laughs) Well, Steve, what are we talking about today? So, as many of you are probably aware, as you're planning your Fat Tuesday celebrations, and of course, if you drive up and down I-4, you can't help but notice uh, the Mardi Gras at Universal Studios signs. So, all your favorite artists from the past celebrating Mardi Gras seemingly year-round. But no, Fat Tuesday is, is coming and, of course, the day after Fat Tuesday begins our season of Lent. Lent. But before that, wait, there have been billboards about Mardi Gras? Oh, yeah. Whenever yeah, yeah, I yeah. drive an I-4, I'm so scared for my life, I usually just keep my, my I eyes never look at the road. The secret to driving on I-4 is to actually not look at the road. <laughs> if you spend okay. more time watching the signs, you're more likely to live. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, okay. Right? It's kind of like that notion, the closer you are to danger, the further you are from harm. A tad counterintuitive. This is not <laughs> something I recommend to my young adults. But anyway, let's return to our main topic, Lent. Lent, yes. So a little bit about Lent. So most people, um, when you first think of Lent, the first thing that pops into most people's head is giving up chocolate, giving up wine, giving up pez, giving up something, right? Something that you, you love and then you, you resist it. You, you practice some act of self-control mm-hmm. for 40 days. And then Easter Sunday, you go whole hog back on the cart. Um, so you save all your chocolate until Easter Sunday. <laughs> and then <laughs> you're just like, boom, that's and it. Then, and then it doesn't then you seem keel like over to make and any die. difference right. after all the misery that you go through. Ex- exactly. But I think kind of the key to understanding Lent and particularly in the light of Second Vatican Council, um, is really if you is to think about Lent as preparation for baptism. The baptism is intrinsically connected with the Lenten season, mm-hmm. um, and as we prepare, right? So the symbology is as we prepare to die to self or to die to sin, so that we can rise again with Christ on Easter morning. Sure. We think about that as a time of preparation. So the liturgical season of Lent, of course, begins Ash Wednesday, and the Lent, Lenten season officially ends on uh, Pop just, quiz. Be, just before the, the, the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. Oh, nice job. Yay! Bravo! Father knows something. Father knows something. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yep, so right, at the uh, just before the Mass of the Last Supper on Holy Thursday. So uh, the Lenten season's 40 days which comes from kind of a kludge of stuff. It didn't actually really arrive in the form that we see it now until the late 4th century, even into the 5th and 6th century. So originally, um, there was just a two-day fast heading into Easter. So in the early church, uh, and there's always, we'll talk about the East, the great Easter controversy coming up. So there's a big <laughs> tease for the Lenten season, but the great controversy of Easter, like when is Easter actually, um, 
but in preparation for Easter, they would do typically a two-day fast. So fast for two days, and you it was a just, strict fast. You were just telling me about this. This is 40 hours <clears throat> well, before? Well, this would be two days just in preparation, and it mirrored the 40 hours that Christ was in the tomb. Okay. And 40 playing a very significant number, obviously, uh, from Mosaic times. So 40 years that the Israelites spent wandering out in the desert, and then it's also present in the life of Christ when he spends right. 40 days in the desert, right? So well, 40, like 7, comes up a lot. Right. Now, the, 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 the word Lent in Latin actually is quadragesima, right. 40. And if you go back, you trace back in the history of uh, the Bible, uh, the number 40 is very important because whenever there's a transformation taking place, Yes. It's always take place within the context days. of 40. Right. Like the the flood uh, during the time of Noah mm-hmm. was 40 days. Uh, the Israelites walking from slavery to free land. 40, 40 days. Years. 40 years, yes. 40 years. Would been, days would have been faster. Uh, Christ fasting and praying for 40, uh, 40 days before he began transitioning from his quiet lives to public ministry. Right. And so in the same sense, I think... Uh, the 40 days that the church gives us uh, in the season of Lent, reflecting that process of transformation. Right. And it and it actually, and the evolution of, of Lent and kind of the practices of Lent, like so many things, was kind of perfected over time um, and in regards to things like fasting and abstinence. And if, you, if anybody who's sensible so goes and looks at the calendar and you count out the days in the calendar from Ash Wednesday to Easter, mm-hmm. you count how many days. <laughs> It's a quiz. It's meant to be hard. 47. No. No? <laughs> Dang. had failed. Weekhead failed. You're close, though. You overbid, so you can't win the showcase. Um, there's six. Remember, there's six Sundays, right? Five Sundays of Lent plus? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Oh, so, so, if 40 days is the 40 days that we are in a sort of a penitential period. Mm-hmm. Sunday is a day of rejoicing, even in Lent. Right. So there's secret Sundays. Yeah. So there's 40 days of fasting and penitence, six Sundays, where well, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, bef- and that leads us up into our Easter season, to the octave of Easter. Now, that's that is in the, in the Roman church, though, because we begin our penitential season on Ash Wednesday. Yes. Uh, interestingly, in some uh, sects of the church that follow the Ambrosian calendar, they begin their fasting on the first Sunday of Lent, and they right. they fast yes. during Lent during on Sundays as well. Whereas we we were not actually obligated to be penitential on Sunday as penitential, right? As penitential, yes, yeah, yeah. For the sake of consistency, I think people want to. But it's interesting because. Um, well, you mentioned the Ambrosian Rite. Originally in the early church, and the key thing to kind of remember about Lent, which is kind of cool, is that the focus of the church was that every Sunday was is Easter, was an Easter celebration, that the real emphasis in the early church during just the right after the apostolic age and the first hundred years of the church, there was a very distinct focus on the Sundays, um, to much to the exclusion of everything else. And I think mm-hmm. you and I had talked about that um, in an earlier podcast. Uh, so that that was really what they wanted people's focus to be on. So even to, to some extent, the great feast of Easter wasn't really a great feast so much to the early church. They were much more concerned with the Sundays um, than they were any specific day. 
Yeah, yeah, because it it, it carries a eschatological uh, meaning. Uh, the Sunday, the eighth day, so called, uh, because we from the very beginning consider ourselves the Easter people. Right. We we put a high emphasis on the resurrection. Uh, but that being said, let's go back to the penitential nature of Lent. Okay. Are we being penitential, penitential. being miserable for just for the sake of being miserable? Or what's the purpose behind all these uh, so-called giving up of this and that and fasting? And well, I think you have to start at Ash Wednesday. So, you know, not coincidentally, Ash Wednesday kicks off our Lenten season, and the tradition of ashes, well, Ash Wednesday, first of all, as many of you probably have noticed, is a very, very busy day for the church, you know, clicks in just behind Easter, Christmas, Sure. Uh, you know, they, like there's Easter, the Christmas, ashes. and at, right, because anytime the church gives something away for free, <laughs> they people come. come, that's right, <laughs> so, so Ash Wednesday is a busy day, um, but Ash Wednesday, symbolically, I mean, we come to church, we celebrate, um, sometimes we have Mass, sometimes they just do uh, a service, right? right? They do a penitential service or uh, Liturgy of the Word, and then we get ashes on our forehead, um, and everyone proudly runs around for the rest of the day with a big cross. If you had a good person do it, or you just get a black smudge on your head, which has happened to me a few times, like the Charlie Brown of Reception it, of Ashes. It happens to me yeah. all the time. I, it's like, excuse me, that is not a cross. That's just like a blot, right? <laughs> so, so well, when you think about ashes, what 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 comes to mind? So when I say ashes, you think of dirt, <laughs> dirt, death, right? Ashes really kind of more True. symbolic of death. Um, and so the ashes, which are made from the burnt palms from the previous Palm Sunday, so they take the palms, burn them into ashes. They mix it up with a little water, comes to this nice little paste, and then we right on your head. It's awesome. Symbol of death. And when you place the ashes, when the ashes are put on your head, you typically hear the words, Remember you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. Or repent and, and believe, believe in, in the, the gospel. gospel. Right. Both cases, it is uh, a reckoning that's happening. It's, it's a reminder that your life or something in your life should be ending. Mm-hmm. The preparation for the ending. And so in, in a re- real sense, we're preparing to hopefully leave some, some part of sinfulness behind us as we prepare to rise again, which is how this all ties back into baptism. So it's that rising again as a new life. And so many of the traditions that we have in in Lent now, this notion of ah, fasting and abstinence, aren't just for something to do. It's Mm -hmm. not just so you have something fancy you can tell your friends or so you can hit the two for five dollar filet of fish meals on filet of fish Fridays during Lent. it's really, it's designed to be, and the church's goal, and the goal of really every Christian, should be to leave the Lenten period as a stronger, healthier, spiritually healthier person than you were when Lent started. Right. And in order to do that, we have to recognize and, and do some inner uh, examination to find something that's sinful about yourself, something that's keeping you from the love of God and excising it or cutting it away from you. So, And it has to be voluntary. It's a voluntary form of self-denial in order to better yourself. 
right? And well, one of the things that's become very popular recently is instead of giving things up is adding something. So maybe what I'm going to give up is, and it's been popular um, the last couple of years, was, you know, give up indifference. I'm going to give up, you know, hate. I'm going to give up anger. I'm going to try to be a kinder person. I'm gonna, I want to be a better reflection of the love of Christ um, from my life onto others. And so people kind of approach it in different ways. But the, the goal is is to to kill off some bad part of yourself so sure. that you can rise again a little more holy. Sure, sure, sure. And just want to do a little bit more emphasis on the nature of ashes. Mm. It is a reminder. It is a reminder of our own human frailty. Um, the tradition of ashes as a, uh, a sign of uh, penitence is coming back all the way to the biblical time when the prophet Jonah was sent to Nineveh to, uh, to preach for repentance and the people rendered, rent their garments and then they put ashes on their head as a sign of repentance and because of that God changed his mind and did not destroy the city. Um, so we begin the, the, si the season of Lent reminding ourselves of our own sinful nature and recognizing that we are always in need of in need of God's mercy. That's right. Um, <clears throat> and w like Steve was mentioning about the, the fact that instead of giving up something, you add more things that help you become a better person. But you know, I don't want to be so quick to dismiss <clears throat> the, the nature of you know giving up either, because it is a part of our tradition, uh, the whole fasting and. Uh, and self-discipline, so-called, that goes all the way back to our desert fathers, in order to uh, to counter all these vices, and they uh, they learned self-mastery by simply giving up something that is dear and that that sort of control their life, so-called. Yeah, who's in control? Who's in control of you? That's the question. I think many of us sometimes struggle with. Is it? You know, who's in control of my body? Who's in control of the direction of my soul? Mm -hmm. Is sin driving me or am I driving me? Uh, what What is it that propels me to do the things or behave or, you know, think the way I think? Or, you know, what is it that's driving me? Mm -hmm. And in that act of, of self-denial, voluntary self-denial, it's me asserting control over myself, really, you know? It's, it's who's who's driving the bus, which is it's always kind of an interesting. But you mentioned ashes. If you want to roll old school, folks, I mentioned Fat Tuesday uh, at the beginning, which is just a wonderful day uh, to celebrate. You know, irrespective of the beads, there's a, always amazing food to be had. Um, <laughs> we cat enjoys Cajun cooking as much as, as any man. No, not anymore. Not shrimp. anymore. Oh, change. He's encountered some sort of shrimp allergy in the last couple of years, so it's... Uh, so now it's not. Now it's just andouille sausage and crawfish, uh, but um, but Fat Tuesday wasn't always known as Fat Tuesday. If you're rolling super old school and you want to win big on Catholic Jeopardy, you would call it Shrove Tuesday. Did you know that? I did not know that. Good gracious! Well, there you go. Score another explain. one for me. Shrove Tuesday. So uh, Shrove Tuesday. Before it was Fat Tuesday, <laughs> it was Shrove Tuesday. But uh, to shrive, meaning literally means, is uh, to present oneself for confession and oh. penitence. And um, uh, what's the last part of that? <laughs> the make good. <laughs> <laughs> so I come in and confess. Oh, right. It's the uh, your penance. So it's it's preparing yourself. And so 
the the notion on Shrove Tuesday is that in preparation for Lent, I would go present myself or go to confession. So sure. very popular day in some cultures, even still, um, to go to confession. And, and they even have, even going further back, the week leading up to uh, Ash Wednesday was called Shrove Tide. Shrove Tide. Oh, I learned a lot of new things today from Steve. That could be on our shirt series, the Father Father Martin and Steve shirt series. <laughs> Get your Shrove Tide on. <laughs> <laughs> okay so just watch watch for those they'll be on the diocesan website soon so <laughs> <laughs> this did this not this did not come for me folks <laughs> That's right. not approved by any official right uh no but so it was called show tuesday so you know that kind of i mean fat tuesday sounds better doesn't it <laughs> in a sense yes right um, and many cultures, I mean, just because we kind of think about fast, Fat Tuesday happens to be um, a Cajun culture, Creole, um, but there are other cultures around the world that celebrate uh, mm-hmm. the, the day before um, Ash Wednesday in their own ways. So everyone, every culture has their own kind of traditions and celebrations. Cool. Now, now I just want to shift the attention just a little bit. Steve, uh, perhaps some of you haven't uh, heard about this yet, but Steve is our director of RCIA at St. James Cathedral. The RCIA, just in case you don't know, stands for Roman Catholic Intelligence Agency, and I am the local chief. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) otherwise known as the Rights of Christian Initiation for Adults. That is true. Uh, And uh, I believe that the 40 Days of Lent also is the intensive period of purification and preparation for the Easter sacraments. Is that true? That is factually correct. So another um, another one of a big part of our, our tradition and the focus on baptism um, in the period of Lent does derive from the catechumenate. So back in the early days, in the early church, if you were one of those crazy outlaws who dared to be Christian, um, <laughs> you know, you would go undergo a period of evangelization which could take some amount of time. It was indetermined because everybody's on their own journey, and this is largely exactly how things run today. Right. Um, and after that period, when you decided that, yes, this is something you wanted to be embraced, you'd be brought into a rite. There was a special rite that you would be brought into the household of the church called the catechumenate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your time in the catechumenate typically would last about three years mm-hmm. because it would model, your catechumenal time would model that of the disciples, so the time that the disciples spent with Christ. Although sometimes it could be longer, sometimes it could be shorter. And once you had gone through that period, um, you would be presented to the local bishop at what was called the right of election and be brought into the order of the elect. So people who had been received into the order of the elect are the people who are preparing to celebrate the sacraments of initiation at the Easter Vigil. And that 40-day period leading up is called the period of purification and enlightenment. Father Martin's dying. He's gone green and red. It's sorry, bad. folks. Sorry, it's because really he's drinking low-quality Bigelow green tea. Not that I have anything against the good folks at Bigelow, but they're better green teas. <laughs> just so you, just so you know, Numi teas are better. You should be drinking like an herbal, organic. Stop taking the medicine the doctor gave you and get on the herbs. <laughs> Steve, just Steve. just mash up some dandelion and eat it. That'll fix everything. All right, I'll try that after this. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, yeah, so the that. period, so that period of uh, of in, uh, <laughs> the period of of enlightenment uh, is during is the time when those catechumens become uh, part of the elect, um, and it's as you you'll probably notice in some of your churches, 
we'll be doing special things on the third, fourth, and fifth Sunday. The scrutinies, right? The scrutinies, the three scrutinies, which are designed to help uh, the elect and really everyone present um, in the congregation focus inwardly on themselves Mm -hmm. to try to focus and ask God to help relieve you of your bad tendencies and the things that cause you to sin. Uh, And then we also pray for the people who are preparing to die, to really lay down their old life and rise again as Christians. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, he did such a beautiful presentation on uh, a a little mini presentation. Mini Lent. On on RCIA. And at some point, we hope to give you a a full episode on this uh, Oh, on the RCIA? Oh, absolutely. It's fun to stay in the RCIA. And the irony is, you're still in it, folks. Everybody's still in the RCIA. You never left. You just didn't know it. Well, we, because we can always we can always grow in our faith and in our understanding. No, no, all will be revealed to the priest at some time down the line. We'll explain to him why he's still in the RCIA. It'll be great. I'm still new. <laughs> but uh, just to close up on now this episode, I want to emphasize the three practices of the Lenten season. Right. Uh, and as we he- we hear it on Ash Wednesday in the Gospel. I'm referring to the practice of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, the three traditions of the church that uh, the church encourages us to undertake as a way to prepare during the season of Lent. So tell me more about almsgiving. Where do you buy alms (laughs) so that you can give them away? I don't speak English in this sense. (laughs) See, this is my good excuse. I can always get out of it. We didn't have alms in Vietnam. We do not have arms in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, all right, so let's just focus on the prayer and the fasting. Sure. Right? So the fasting, there are rules to fasting that are contained in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. They are incredibly complex. Um, in my mind, it's like, Is you know. Is it really? Yeah, you get one meal, and then we can't help us out. It's one meal, oh, and then two well, other you, small meals yeah. that don't add up to a meal. Yep. <clears throat> On on Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday, right? You you are uh, the 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 solemn fast. Solemn is. fast. Okay. This so is you, like you this is like the most full. lightweight of fasts, by the way. Yep. Mm. So you so. have one full meal, and two smaller meals that cannot be added up as an e- equal to meal. a full meal. That that's mm-hmm. that's basically right. But again, what I say to you, if you really want to go hardcore, you wake up in the morning, you have only water during the day, and then you eat a meal when the sun goes down. But you know, we we complain <laughs> we complain so much about these little things, but our brothers and sisters in yeah. the Islamic faith—that's what the, they do for Ramadan. The, yeah. month the whole of Ramadan, month, Ramadan, they they don't eat or drink all day. Right, no water. Sunset. So I'm at least giving you water, folks. So you know, I am merciful. Uh, but going back to our merciful tradition, uh, we are asked to go to enter into a solemn fast on. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And Good Friday. For yep. those of us who breached uh, adulthood, so 18 years old to 60... 65, uh, if you're able. Really, I mean, it's like so many other things. If if you're able, yeah, you should, if, if you you're should diabetic, partake. Don't if, use your age as some sort of excuse. If you're able, you should participate. Sure. And if it wouldn't be a good idea for you for health reasons or, or other reasons, then Pregnancies. please don't. You know, yeah, yeah. pregnant... Um, or you have an illness or something, then please don't do that. But if you can, you you know, it's something that you should want to do. I mean, with all of these things, the Lenten, I mean, and you can't stress this enough, 
in the Lent tradition, you have to want to do this. It mm-hmm. needs to be, you have to embrace this from a loving perspective. This is not a burden. It hopefully is something that we look forward to because it's a time that's the church set a, sets aside for us to help us grow closer to Christ in a meaningful and deeper way. And so and, hopefully we embrace right. that. And Steve Steve just echoed the, 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 the invitation from the Lord because all of these practices has to stamp out of a heart that is contrite and in love with God because the Lord doesn't care much for outward you know, practices. Meaningless signs. Right. right. What he wants is transformation of the heart. And so as we prepare ourselves for the season of Lent, you know, just think of a few ways that we can increase, one, our prayer life, two, you know, what are some of the sacrifices that we can offer in order to, to better ourselves, and what are some of the ways that we can uh, show kindness and charities. Just echoing the three practices of the church, fasting, that is, sacrifices that we're making. Right. Uh, of anything. It doesn't have to be food, by the way. Right, right. There are many, many things. If, if you, you can fast from the Internet. Oh, that's But don't tough. fast from podcasts because that would be bad. <laughs> especially Faith Fit Radio. Exactly. And especially... Ex Nihilo, the podcast you can't spell. <laughs> Neither can I. And I came up with a name. <laughs> right. So so good luck, everybody. We wish everyone a happy and blessed Lent. Enjoy your Fat Shrove Tuesday, and uh, we'll see you soon. Oh, uh, yep. God Remember bless. to smile often because God loves you. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.